Hello and welcome to week 14 of the Punt Return Podcast. I'm Josh Y. As always, I'm joined by Nick Splitter and James Rosewood. Gents, before I get to you, just want to uh, start a very public uh, podcast campaign here for our uh, our friend and Stats Insider uh, friend as well, Dane Roy. He's one of three nominees for the Ray Guy Award for the best uh, punter in college football. And he's a ripper bloke, former ice cream salesman, like one of the greatest journeys of all time. So, um, and he's Aussie and he's up against another Aussie, but, um, a part of the Ray Guy Award is done by fan vote. So if you can head to www.rayguyaward.com slash fan, uh, dash vote, or, you know, we'll put it out on the socials as well. Go and vote for Dane Roy because, uh, he's just going to have a ripper speech if he wins because he's one of the greatest characters, uh, <laughs> um, in, you know, Australian college history. He's a, he's a champion guy. Um, so we're going to vote for it. We're going to get behind Dane Roy. Isn't that right, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a great bloke, as you said. He's also been writing some college football stuff for us this season. And, uh, yeah, like you said, ripper bloke and good luck to him. Exactly. Um, and, you know, speaking of, uh, ripper blokes, thankfully we are and we're not, uh, like an NFL head coach. But uh, we didn't have a ripper week last week, so you know if we if we if we were NFL coaches, we probably would have been fired after our collective performance last week. Um, but you know the real coaching carousel has begun. Riverboat Ron, he'd fit really well on this show, James, with the, with that sort of nickname. But last week our results were terrible. We all went, we probably went zero and nine across the board. A lot of cu- couple of picks carry over, but yeah, it was not a good week. It wasn't a good week. Dallas falling, Vikings missing out on covering their line, New England yep. going down as well. So yeah, not the best. No, and let's uh, let's speak to that, and we'll get to Riverboat Ron in a little bit. I think that's uh, your major takeaway, James. But uh, week thirteen results, yeah, Dallas no good. Lock of the week, we're still nine four and one. They lost outright. Um, and speaking of that game, my long shot was Josh Allen to have uh, fifty rushing yards. He had forty four. He, he he went close. That was two fifty there for fifty plus rushing yards. I probably didn't deserve it because I said that Josh Allen wasn't gifted enough or didn't have the skill um, or the or the talent to rip apart rip apart Dallas's obvious flaws on defense, and Josh Allen did exactly that. <laughs> so um, egg on my face, and you know credit to, credit or credit's due. I'm I'm eating crow on that a big fat L. Um, Josh Allen's really improved over the last month, so uh, good for him and good for the Bills. But yeah, that made me look f- foolish. But uh, Nick, our kind of our lone win last week was your uh, Derrick Henry long shot. Yeah, that that was. Uh... I thought that was always pretty safe, but it was yeah. what a horrific week for uh, for the podcast. Yeah, just horrible. But hopefully, the, the listeners kind of understand that our records are good enough that we can we can overcome it, and we're, we'll have a bounce back week. Hopefully, this week. Yeah. So I went zero and three, and they weren't even close to anything remotely covering. Zona got destroyed. Carolina they led fourteen nil, and then didn't like score any more points. Um, and then New England lost outright. But you know, still twenty two fifteen and two. Um, and then, uh, Nick 0 3 as well with, uh, a lot of yours. I mean, Jets lost out, outright as well. Dallas lost outright. The LA total probably could have gone over if, uh, if, uh, Blake Bortles didn't play the fourth quarter though. Yeah. No, it was just, just a horrible week all around. So, uh, like you said, I don't think any of us deserve to win. No, exactly. Let's talk biggest takeaways from week 13. And James, uh, I touched on Riverboat Ron before. Um, I think that's your kind of takeaway now as we head towards the end of the season. And a lot of teams are ruled out of playoff contention and, and sort of that coaching carousel, uh, starts to spin. Yeah, exactly. Um, regime change is in the air. That's that sort of big whiff that's hovering over the whole league. It, and it started with I the thought Panthers. it was bushfires in Australia, that whiff. <laughs> well, that's more in New South Wales, Queensland, I think, for sure, yeah. unfortunately. Yep. Um, but then who, who'll be next? And by my count, we could be turning over a quarter of the league over the next couple of months. Giants, massive changes coming. Jacksonville, Cleveland could go a different direction than Kitchens, Chargers. Atlanta, we've spoken about a couple of times. Washington, obviously, already in terminal, turmoil. Chicago could go a couple of different ways, as could Detroit. So 
there's going to be a really sort of violent period of change, but at least Carolina got the start on it all. Yeah, a little bit. I, I found the Carolina decision curious. I thought they should have just waited till the end of the year because, I mean, what's what's doing it now, getting the jump on a lot of these college coaches or, or highly regarded coordinators are still in the middle of playoff runs and things. I always find it weird um, this time of the year where you're trying to interview coaches that are like still focused on winning a Super Bowl or, or winning playoff games or, or winning the, the college football national championships. So um, I, I don't know. Riverboat Ron's going to f- find, I think he's going to end up being the next head coach of the Giants and link up with uh, Gettleman again. And that's the thing. It helps out Riverboat Ron as well to get a head start on his potential opportunities as well. Rather than that kind of sour taste of getting fired on Black Monday, he gets a chance as well. It was kind of a nice divorce, it seemed. Yeah, I mean, all all, uh, all the reports are that Riverboat Ron's just a, a, a fantastic guy. Yeah. Um, they, they call him the Dane Roy of coaches, so just a really great guy. <laughs> um, anyway, Nick, uh, what's your major takeaway from Week 13? Well, who does who deserves to win the NFC East? I mean, obviously we've spoken about it a number of times. Uh, you know, passionate Eagles fan, and it's really easy to sit here and go, "Well, the Eagles have been rubbish, and, and they don't deserve to to win the the NFC East." But neither the Cowboys really. That they, they looked like up until half halfway that, that they were going to run away with with the division, but they've lost two out of the last three or two out of the last four, and um, played some really ugly football. I, I'm just not sure. What to take from, from this division. It's, it's just really horrible football at the moment. And the worst thing about it is that the Redskins can actually win the division and play playoffs. That is just, I yeah, mean, that's I've a nightmare. I've seen a few Jim Carrey. So the, you're telling me there's a chance, uh, means yeah. with, uh, with the, with the Washington Redskins. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, oh it's crazy. Could it's you terrific. imagine that? Could you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, it is the weakest division. Uh, I think easily. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, we'll talk about the Eagles. They've got a game, and the Cowboys. That's going to be our first game in Week 14 in a minute, and I think uh, um, we'll we'll expand on that that topic. My my major takeaway is the curious case of Nick Foles. Uh, now what? What what do the Jags do? This team probably should have won a Super Bowl two years ago with Blake Bortles. If uh, Miles Jack fumble recovery didn't get called dead, they probably make the Super Bowl. And you know, it's a game. They they probably had a chance if if they were in that game. To win a Super Bowl, and now they've gone all in on Nick Foles and 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 opened the checkbook, and now they had this uh, Gardner Minshew, this six round pick that's obviously better, fits better in the team. Like now, what? Like what? What's what's the future there? I, I don't know what's going to happen in in Jacksonville, and I think part of the regime change that James touched on will have to sort out that mess. At least they have a quarterback there, though, rather than having to dip into free agency, and he's on short ends on little money as well as a six-round pick. So yeah, that's, exactly. Oh, but they're going to take a massive cap hit, so it, it's, it's, it's almost as if they're paying Minshew anyway. And they're paying Blake Bortles as well to play elsewhere, so I think there was a $27 million yeah. dead cap figure there. So Tom Coughlin. Um, yeah. Exactly. My other takeaway is the NFL 100 team list is just dumb. It's so dumb. No Justin Tucker at kicker, in the, even nominated for kicker. He's the greatest kicker of all time. Patrick Peterson over Richard Sherman at corner. Um, they didn't list Bobby Wagner as a linebacker. They had Von Miller listed as a linebacker when he plays edge. It's just ridiculous. And I know they're going to stuff up some quarterbacks here or there. So I'm just, I'm out on it. I'm done. I'm done with it. I mean, it's a cool concept and everything, but I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. <laughs> Wouldn't be an episode if I didn't rile against something. So anyway, it's like a couch <laughs> session for me. I should lay down on the couch when I do these. Um, all right, let's get let's get straight into week fourteen. Um, there's some good games. There's also some games that we'll completely skip over as we get to the pointy end of the season. Thursday night football, though, this this does have relevance. Dallas minus two and a half at Chicago. The total is forty three. 
Um, I have a small lean to Dallas, but I mean, a dome team traveling outdoors, a bit of weather about, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to pass and just leave it. The Bears have won three of their last four games, but they came against two different lines, backup quarterbacks. The Giants who have lost eight straight. Um, so Dallas, they've lost three of their last four, but those teams came against teams that are eight and four at worst, and they actually outgained their opponents in each of those games. Um, so they've actually outscored their, their opponents this season, 310 to 236, which normally should indicate that they're roughly eight and four. Um, there, there was a tweet last week that showed that, like, in terms of point differential yards, everything that the Cowboys probably should have the Seahawks record, and the Seahawks should have the Cowboys record. Um, and they still haven't beaten a winning team, but they've lost so narrowly to them. It was 12-10 to New Orleans, 28-24 to Minnesota, and 13-9 to New England. So, obviously, it comes down to coaching, but they just, they should be a lot better than they are. Like, there's just, something's not right there, and you think, oh, yeah, you, you state all that, you think, oh, Dallas should win and win easily, but I just don't know, and I, I can't trust uh, the clapper, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass on this game. Uh, what's your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, I, look, I, I agree with you on a lot of that. And I think, I, I think Jason Garrett's time in Dallas is, is coming to an end. Um, they, they were so disappointing last week. They were all set. They, they were, they were going to have a big win after that first kind of two minutes. Um, they scored on the first drive. They were efficient. They, you know, they did everything right. Um, even the first quarter, Ezekiel Elliott had seven rushing attempts of 60 odd yards. And after that, they completely went away from the run. And I just don't understand why they did that when they were dominating at that point. Um, I, I really don't know where to go, um, with, with Dallas at the moment. I think this is kind of their last chance. They really, they really need a win. And I think they know it, um, because they've got the Rams next week, the Eagles after that, uh, and then the skins to, to finish off the season. They really need a win because they're in, they're in trouble of losing that, that, uh, top spot in the division. And I think they're going to win. I think they're, I think they're going to take this game really seriously. And I think that they will win and they'll cover, uh, Dallas minus two and a half. I think the Cowboys are the pick of the NFC East. I still think they've got the talent. Obviously, we've spoken about all of these coaching issues that are pervading this franchise. Unfortunately for the Cowboys, their wins have come against teams that have struggled on defense, which is something we still... Like Chicago is still a top eight unit in that realm. They can still get to the quarterback. That's a concern. Um, Bears have been able to put... 20, haven't, uh, re- have rarely been able to put 20 plus points on the board two weeks in a row for pretty much one and a half, two, three years now. So I think Dallas should be able to sort of, to, to take advantage of that. 22, 24 points would probably be enough to cover that line. Obviously a hell of a lot more, more to play for from a Dallas perspective. Cautionary note, Chicago are 10 and 2 as ATS home dogs over the last four seasons. That's the best mark in football. On the other hand, they're the worst ATS team in the NFL this season, 3 and 9. Mm. So this could come down to which kicker performs yeah. less crap. Um Brett there, Maher's there been go. terrible and Pinero or whatever his name is, Pinata. Yep. Um he's yeah, he's been terrible as well. So it yeah, I just feel like this game comes down to a, a missed field goal or two and it's heartbreaking whatever side you, you play on this game. It kind of feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, by the way, the, I forgot to mention, Dallas, uh, you know, everyone thinks Baltimore is the best uh, offense in the league, but uh, Dallas still has the best success rate this season at 51%, according to Football Outsiders. So the Cowboys are still getting it done. They, they, they're, they're a lot better than their record suggests, but... I mean, this is stating the obvious, but uh, hashtag coaching matters, and that's that's mm. where we'll where we'll leave it. Um, all right, Baltimore minus five and a half at Buffalo. Total is forty three. I think uh, apart from New Orleans and uh, uh, the Forty Nine ers, probably the game of the week when you look at these two teams' records. 
Um, I think the line's actually spot on here. The Ravens are well out in front uh, here in my my ratings now. They're they're flying. Um, and and San Fran even went up last week, even though they uh, they lost. They covered in those conditions and played pretty well on the road. But uh, I like the over here. I think the Ravens. I know they're they're ranked uh, the top four in all three th- phases of the game in terms of uh, their their seventh. They're actually the seventh team to ever finish in the top five in DVOA for for all three phases. So they're that's they're the best uh, they're the best uh, team since the sixteen and Patriots um, in two thousand and seven in terms of DVOA. So. I like the, the over for a few reasons. One, I like that John Harbour always goes for it. So that always leads to um, touchdowns instead of field goals, which is just great for the points. Buffalo, yes, they've been, they've got a great, great defense, but this is easily one of the best offenses that they've, uh, uh, they've faced. I know they faced a good offense last week in, in, in Dallas, but they just underperform. So even if Baltimore underperform, I still think they're going to score more points. They're a better coach team. Um, Buffalo is still giving up 104.3 rushing yards per game, um, which is huge against this Baltimore rushing attack. And while the under is 9-3 in Buffalo's 12 games this season, um, including two straight now and four of the last five, this is, this is again, a totally different beast. Baltimore moving the ball pretty well. And, and also on the offensive side of the ball, the Bills are actually much more improved on the offense as well. Um, so I like over 43. I think Baltimore... Um, could even get there on their own if they if it ends up being just one of those games where they just steamroll teams, which which could happen. I'm not going to touch the line. I think the line's about spot on, but I like the over here, um, especially given the conditions last week. They still moved the ball pretty well, the Ravens. So um, I think you agree with me uh, here, Nick. I do, and that's a bit of a worry. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we've we've talked about it a lot over the last couple of weeks. How good this Ravens team is at the moment. Um, the way I see it, there's really only one hole in in Baltimore's entire unit at the moment. And I just don't know if if Buffalo have, you know, the weapons to exploit it. Um, so let's look at Baltimore. They've got the number two ranked um, passing offense, the number one ranked rushing offense, the number two ranked passing defense. There, here's the issue: is that their rushing defense uh, against the run is, is ranked number twenty five in the NFL. Bills, you know, rushing backs are they're not going to scare Baltimore. You have got Frank Gore, who's a legend, but you know, he's not he's not going to scare Baltimore. Devin Singletree. Uh, Singletary, the rookie, he's also playing quite well, but he also not going to he's not going to you know create nightmares for for Baltimore. That's not to say that they can't score, but um, I, I still think forty three seems a really soft total for the best offense in football against a defense that you know it, it is rated highly, and we've talked about them a number of times as well. But I do feel like they're a little a little overrated. They've had an, a, a really soft schedule to date, and uh, you know they, they haven't really had to to keep out really good offenses. So I'm looking at the overs here as well. You think Ravens have proven themselves the best team in, in football over the last couple of months? You don't win eight in a row by, by mistake, and they've beaten really good teams in the process too. There's a temptation to take Buffalo as a home dog with five and a half points, especially considering this is a playoff-bound team. Yet at the same time, can anybody keep up with that kind of Baltimore offense at the moment, which is the best in DVOA? This Buffalo offense is ranked 19th. That's worse than the Chargers. Detroit, Cleveland Browns. So if it gets into that kind of match, they're gone. Love that stat, Nick, in terms of rush defense with Baltimore. And I'm thinking, you know, come playoff time, who's going to exploit that? Patriots? Probably not. Chiefs haven't got an amazing running game. Tennessee, and we'll come to that a little bit later if they mm. were to get in. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, that comes up later as a, as a tip. But anyway, yeah, it's a pass for me on that particular game, though, because... Slight lean Baltimore, but it's going to be a ripper. Yeah, and uh, I forgot to mention Buffalo, 22nd in run DVOA defense. So it just yeah. plays right into their hands. 
Lamar, uh, I think he needs only like 10 or so more yards to crack 1,000 for the season on the ground, which he'll certainly get in that game and continue his MVP march. I'm just glad he survived the 49ers game, uh, my baby bear. Big trust. Um, all right, Carolina at Atlanta. Atlanta minus three. The total is 47. Uh, pass for me. I don't want to watch this one at all. It's gross. Um, I think both these teams' off-seasons will be more fascinating to watch, as uh, James mentioned a little bit earlier. So I'm going to pass there. Uh, do you agree, James? Yeah, Hooper out, Julio Jones out, tough evaluation pass for me. Oh, yeah, look, it is it's a really tough game to um, to evaluate, as you said, just because both teams are so ridiculously inconsistent. I still want to watch it, though. I still think it'll be entertaining, but, yeah, no no bet for me in this one. Mm, I don't know. I just can't do it. Um, Cincinnati, I'm done with Kyle Allen. I'm done with him. I'm done. <laughs> Please. Can you imagine uh, going into the season next year with him and letting Cam Newton go? Oh, man. Big decisions oh, yeah, I in, in I, yeah, I could see them doing it, but crazy. But but we're going to hear one more time that Dave Tepper, the the owner, he's this analytics force, you know, yeah. forward thinking guy. He's going to save everything. He's going to solve every problem that okay. ever existed. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Cleveland minus eight and a half. The total is forty and a half. Um, let's uh, let's start with James here. What what are your thoughts on this one? I actually really like Cincy. Um, got their first win last week, obviously. Probably still, yeah, maybe the best, worst team in football. Maybe Washington and the Giants could could argue with that mantle. But it's not like they are the worst by any significant margin. And it's not as though they stand out in any particular area for being absolutely revolting. I mean, they're 28th or 27th in both defense and offensive efficiency. So, they're you know, they're bad, but not horrendous. At the same time, are you anybody comfortable taking the Browns to cover eight and a half points? <laughs> um, this is a team that has failed to has, has scored twenty three or less in nine of their twelve matches this year. So it's not as though they just get going at this beautiful, efficient offense. They're, they're a bit of a train wreck, as we've seen. So I think that that sort of eight and a half stays open all game, to be honest. So Cincy for me. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I like Cincy plus eight and a half as well. Uh, since you've covered nine of their last 12 games of underdogs of eight points or more, I think the improved play of their Bengals defense is kind of mm. flying under the radar. So the Jets had scored at least 34 points in three consecutive games before lim- being limited to just six by the Bengals, who are actually averaging 13 points against in their last three games. They're also only 11th in their last uh, three games in, in yards per play allowed. Um, so they actually just kind of just tune things up a little bit, and they're starting to play a little bit tougher play a little bit harder. Um, and look, Mayfield was just 8 of 15 for 98 yards in an interception after hitting his throwing hand on the face mask of uh, Bud Dupree there in, in that game. And he still played with that protective glove, but it's still still sore. And, and Mayfield's kind of, you know, trying to prove that he's not a wuss. He said something today that his mum didn't raise a wuss. So he'll play even if his hand's hurting. And I just think uh, this is a perfect spot for, for the Bengals here to, to win. They're 8-1 against the spread in their last nine games against the Browns. So, yeah, I like Cincy plus eight and a half. Might even have a little something on the uh, Bengals money line like I did last week um, against the Jets here. Um, and Andy Dalton, I love the Red Rifle. Um, I, he's an interesting free agent next year. I mean, I wouldn't say no to him in, in Indy with with good coaching Ooh. and good line. We've seen him We've seen him play well when the surrounding environment is decent. I just, I just think maybe it gives him another chance in a different environment. Um, why not? Why not? Give that a go while you draft or find your next quarterback. Um, have we got a lock, Nick? Are we all on board here on the, on the Cincy train? Oh, look, we're, we're not far off. We're not far off, but it's not a lock. Um, I, I completely agree, understand why 
both of you guys and why anyone would have an issue with with taking Cleveland and would prefer to take the points with, with Cincinnati here. But I think Cleveland just have so much more to play for. They need this win. They were beaten last week by a defense that is just so much better than, than their offense has, has played in uh, in Pittsburgh. But Cincinnati don't have that. And I know you I know you talked about the yeah, they're not the Steelers improved, de- improved defense, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's still not good. I think you know, yeah. they're ranked twenty seventh in the NFL on on run defense, and that's kind of where, where Cleveland are going. You know, they've got the the NFL's rushing leader in Nick Chubb, um, who I really like, and, and there's a play there. I, I don't like the, the the main markets here. I, I think that line is pretty good. Um, I, I think Cleveland win. I, I'm not confident on the on the eight and a half. I think Cleveland win, but I do like Nick Chubb, dollar uh, ninety for a hundred plus rushing yards. Like I said, the the Cincy run defense ranked twenty seventh in the league, and uh, you know you, you got to Nick Chubb had a, had a down week last week. And I think you got to gobble up gobble that up. Uh, hundred yards, dollar ninety. Okay. I like it. I don't mind it. Kareem Hunt lurking, but they've been using him more as a receiver. So uh, mm. um, that is yeah, – he still actually had a few rushes, but I think he only had like 20% of the snaps. So Yeah, I um, think it's more just to give him a breather. Yeah. Uh, all right, Denver at Houston. Houston minus 9.5. The total is 41. I'm leaning towards Denver at the plus 10 if it gets back out there. Um, but at the 9 or 9.5 where it is now, I'll, I'll pass. Um, this is a big letdown spot, though, for the Texans after the high of beating – the Patriots. I really thought they were going to get their their butts kicked when they rocked up in that SWAT gear. Um, the the linebackers. I just thought this is a recipe for embarrassment. But uh, credit to them, they won. But Denver's still playing hard for their first year head coach Fangio. Um, they beat the Chargers last week. They're four and one against the spread in their last five games. And while the Texans, you know, continue to be great, they're they're really so much better when they're the underdogs. So they're seven two and one against the spread in their last ten games as underdogs. But as a favorite, they're so unreliable. They're Two six and one against the spread in their last nine games as chalk, five and ten against the spread in their last fifteen games of home favorites, and two and six against the spread in their last eight when favored by more than a touchdown. I can't trust Bill O'Brien to cover a, a, what's close to a near double digit spread. I'm, I'm going to pass. As good as he's been, a little bit better, and maybe I'm, maybe it is time to eat crow on Houston. I'm going to wait. They still play Tennessee twice down the stretch, so um, I'm hitching my wagon to to Ryan Tannehill and hoping. He just destroys the Texans, so I don't have to eat crow. But, yeah, I'm going to pass on this. Uh, what have you got, Nick? It's a really interesting one. I don't think any of us saw kind of the, the Texans' offense doing what they did to, to the Patriots last week. Deshaun Watson back to back to MVP conversation again. It was you know it was two weeks in a row that he's, he's played really good football. Um, and, and I don't think that the Denver defense is as rated highly as they are, and they are a very good defense, that, you know, eighth ranked eighth in the, in the league. Uh I don't think the Denver defense will scare Houston based on what they did last week. But like you said, that nine and a half is a massive line. Um, and, and I, I don't, I'm not confident either side. Um, interestingly, I, I like Deshaun Watson, 285 plus passing yards at $2.40. Denver do have a, a, a really good defensive unit. They're against the pass. They're only ranked 17th. Uh, and, and Houston are ranked 7th in, in passing offense. So there should be some room for, for Deshaun Watson to sling it around, you've got Hopkins and Fuller if, if he plays, Kenny Stills, Darren Fells. There's a lot of options there on that that Texans passing offense. And I think that uh, that Watson's just rounding into some 
end of season form where he, he, he might sneakily want that MVP. That was a huge win by Houston last week, especially coupled with, you know, going into Kansas early in the year, nearly beating New, New Orleans in the first game of the year in the, in the Superdome as well. They're good. They're obviously a playoff team. It's just a matter of how far they can go once in the playoffs, which hasn't been a really good thing for Houston under Bill O'Brien. They sort of have a big face plant there every year. So it comes down to what we think of the actual line. And when assessing this line, Denver are a seven and five ATS on the season, the same record as KC, New England and Seattle. So they're that kind of team against market expectations. Denver D is still good. We know how good Houston is and it's just a matter of nine and a half to 10. It's going to be open, I think, for a fair bit of the game. They went into Minnesota a couple of weeks and were up 20 zip at half time, weren't they? Or something, something, something like that. Mm. So oh, I think it's going to be there, that covering opportunity. That's the kind of team Denver are this, this season. Nothing special. Everybody's kind of lost interest or not very energized by what they're bringing on offense, but they find a way to just claw their way and, and often beat the spread. But they're not a good team. It's, a, it's about whether they can get this line, which I think they can. And, and I, I like, like what Josh said, would probably prefer it 10, 10 and a half. We yep. definitely prefer it to an half. Definitely. I, I very much look forward to Houston losing on a Saturday afternoon, first round of the playoffs. A tradition like any other, really. Um, <laughs> the the, every the year. shakies. Shakies yeah, match. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota minus 13 at home. The total is 43 and a half. This is a pass for me. This is crazy. And this is this is Matthew Edward Patricia. Uh, he... Uh, <laughs> The Lions are one of just three teams in the NFL who have led in every single game they've played this season. Um, yeah, San Francisco are ten and two straight up. The Chiefs are eight and four straight up. The Lions are three eight and one straight up and five and seven against the spread. Isn't that just infuriating? That is, it's infuriating. It's absolutely amazing. And that's look, an amazing stat. Undrafted rookie quarterback David Blau. He played pretty good last week in his de- NFL debut in Thanksgiving in a big spot against a pretty good defense in Chicago. I need to see a little bit more before I trust him on the road against a good Vikings team and a good Vikings. Not a not a great Vikings defense, but a solid Vikings defense, I'll say there. Um, this is a great spot for the Vikings at home against a bad team. This is normally the game where, where Kirk Cousins makes people believe in him for the 270th third time. Uh, only for him to then throw it all away the following week in prime time. Um, so I'm going to pass. 13 is a lot. Um, if I was going to pick a side, I'd probably lean to Detroit covering. Um, but yeah, I'm going to pass on this. Uh, I'm not touch, not touching or betting against Minnesota at home. Um, especially at that number. What are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, I'm, I'm same, same, but different. I'm, I'm also a pass. I've got to, I've got to lean to Minnesota. If I was going to take one, I'd probably take Minnesota. Yeah, as as good as they are at home, and we know how good they are at home, 13 is just too big. They've got question marks around Diggs and Dalvin Cook, a bit banged up last week. and They'll probably both play, but how healthy are they going to be? Are they not going to be 100%? So like I said, I, I kind of lean to them at home, but no, it's probably a pass for me. How about you, James? Yeah, 13 seems way too high for the Lions. The Vikings are starting to sort of look a little bit odd, particularly on defense. They got shredded a few times in that secondary, which is their big concern. Um, the only trepidation, and we've spoken about it a few times this season, is Minnesota are a machine covering as home favorites. And they've done so at a 67% rate over the last five seasons. And it's only one team who's better than that in the NFL, and that's the Patriots in that time span. So Vikings at home is a tough proposition, but hey, that was the same thing again a couple of weeks ago against Denver, and Denver got the marbles there against the spread and probably thinking similar philosophy with Detroit. So Detroit plus 13 for me. Okay, let's move on. Indianapolis at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay minus three. Total is 46 and a half. 
it's a pass for me. Um, Jacoby Brissett's kind of uh, kind of revealed himself to be what he really is over the last six weeks. It's been pretty awful. Um, but I'll, I'll give him some credit and say that you know any quarterback missing five of their top targets heading into the season is is going to struggle. We're missing T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, Devin Funches, Paris Campbell, and Eric Ebron, and I think we're missing Chester Rogers as well. So that's probably six. He's throwing to Zach Pascal, Jack Doyle. Marcus Johnson and a guy called Ashton Julen from like some college that no one's ever heard of. Um, so it's, it's tough for Jacoby Brissett. Um, but he needs to, he needs to be better deep and, and, um, be better at reading the field. Uh, yeah. Reading the defense down the field. And, and it's where he's kind of struggled it and, and where teams have taken us on a little bit. Um, but he's not, ju- he's not been the only reason. Adam Minateri has been awful. I mean, he, how is he not in the glue factory already? I do not know. He's done, but. Look, we're a run-first team, and now we face Tampa Bay, who are awesome at stopping the run. So I, I've got nothing here. But how, how can you trust Tampa Bay? I mean, they do it so often. It's Winston's been good the last two weeks, so we're probably due like a, a, a bad Winston game. I, I don't know. It's it's a pass for me if I had to lean probably Tampa Bay at home. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that. There's there's not much to like about this this matchup at all. I, I can't take either of these sides with any confidence whatsoever. So c- complete pass for me. I, don't even want to watch it, to be honest. Um, hey. But yeah, James, you might have something different to say. Yeah, actually, I quite like Tampa here. They're in season best form. They've won three of their last four. And India in season worst form, like absolutely in season worst form. This is a, at the same time, it's a, you know, a non-negotiable must win for the Colts if they've got any postseason aspirations whatsoever. However, they're a completely different team without Mac in the team. He's been responsible for a quarter of their entire yards from scrimmage this season and has 500 more than anyone else on the team, which touches upon Josh's mention of the lack of weapons with the Colts. So, and he's been absolute, so absolutely pivotal in a season of transition and injuries in, in Indiana. Tampa quietly a top 10 defense under Todd Bowles this season. They're five and seven, which isn't an ugly mark. And at least they're sort of playing. I know Winston can absolutely infuriate people. He's thrown 20 picks this season. Yet it, it still is a, a lights out kind of offense with Evans and Godwin. They can throw it down the field. At least they're built to complement what the quarterback does. And with the defense the way it is, don't mind Tampa. All of a sudden, Tampa six and seven, and this whole sort of new era in, in, in Florida is looking a little bit better. So yeah, Tampa for me. Oh, I don't know if it's uh, it's hard. Winston has these games where he like he he will play lights out. Like like he has these amazing games where you're like God. Like if you could get sixteen games of that, they they win ten games. You know, it's like mm. it's frustrating. And then he has these picks that are just mind-numbingly dumb, and it's like oh. So infuriating. Um, but I, 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 this opened 50 and a half and I hit the under straight away because I think Tampa, like Tampa, you're right, top 10 D quietly. India actually quite stout on D and the, the way that they play slows down the game a lot. So you don't have as many scoring opportunities. I mean, Tennessee got, um, like most of their points really late in that game with the, the kick, blocked kick return and, and things like that. So India 14th in DVOA defense, Tampa Bay a 10th. Uh, a ninth in, in DVOA defense. The, the Colts' young secondary is actually playing really well. So if anyone can maybe throw Winston off their game a little bit early, that's an avenue to victory. But, yeah, I'd probably agree that um, Tampa Bay are rolling. I don't know if they stick with Winston, though, next year. I'm not sure. They need to finish the month, the month strong. I think uh, that's probably where you're at. Um, yeah. yeah. Any any final thoughts? I was going to say, in a, in, a, in a sort of competition of ordinary quarterbacks, is it okay being maybe just a fraction above ordinary. Half the yeah. league 
would probably accept Winston as their quarterback. Colt certainly would, would at the moment. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I know it's not great, but yeah. still, if you can walk, work with a really good coordinator, yeah. Yeah. you know, you, I, you can yeah. get it done. I can cop interceptions. I'm fine with a quarterback mm. taking risks and, and throwing down the field and throwing the occasional pick, but he has some, some really bad turnovers yeah. that are really kind of I, really I put you in a hole. I reckon he'd be much better at the Colts, to be honest, with, with the uh, offensive line. And uh, he's the most sacked quarterback in the league this season hmm. yeah, by a long way. It's crazy. Well, hmm. well, we'll see. They need to win this game um, and turn things around. Uh, Miami at the Jets. Uh, the Jets minus five. The total is 45. I'm going to go to James first here and uh, see what uh, see what he has. The yeah, Dolphins have covered six of their last eight matches and Jets on the road while getting five points for me seems quite doable. Dolphins' massive weakness is their deeds, the worst in the entire NFL. At the same time, are the Jets the kind of team who's going to exploit that? They've got the very worst attack in the league. So plus five for the Dolphins, probably it's going to be freezing cold. That's my only sort of issue. Dolphins traveling up there for that. But yeah, don't mind the Dolphins at plus five. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you. Um, I think the Jets, you know, by on their numbers, they look like bad. But a lot of that was like the early Dalton, Luke Falk. And I think over the last few weeks, they they scored 33 in back-to-back, sorry, 34 in back-to-back-to-back games, the Jets. I don't know if they're that bad on defense. I feel like they kind of read into a uh, a buzzsaw last week where since you were always going to win that game, they needed to get off the schneid. They probably circled that in the calendar. They brought back Andy Dalton specially for it. I don't know. I feel like this... You know, and I mentioned the improved Cincinnati defense. Like, that, that kind of hurt, hurt them as well. I think, you know, the Dolphins, yeah, they've covered three of their last four road games, and this is the first time they're not double-digit dog away from home this year. Um, and that's why I'm going to take the Jets, because, you know, how many games have we had Miami close to, to a field goal um, as opposed to, mm. to 10 points? Back at home, after the letdown spot for Miami, after their huge win against the Eagles at home in that cool... Um, whatever play they called it, I can't even remember now. But the punter throwing it to the kicker, or vice versa, yeah, so that was awesome. But yeah, the Jets will be ready. I, I like the Jets to win and and cover. I know everyone's everyone's going to be picking Miami this week because of that. I think. Yeah, well, I, I'm a bit on that that train. I'm I'm with James in this one. Um, oh, back against look, the wall. I, look, I know the Eagles were bad last week, and we've touched on a number of times the the Eagles secondary. But I, I don't think that takes anything away from Miami last week. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 360 yards, three touchdowns. Devonne Parker is, is one of the hottest receivers in football at the moment. Um, and he's coming up a really soft pass defense with, with the Jets that are ranked 22nd in, in that category. And just, just for reference, the Eagles, while we've talked about them having a soft secondary, they're ranked 13th in pass defense. So, you know, it's, that's actually not that bad. Um, I think Miami are a sneaky here. I'm, I'm going to take the points with Miami plus five and probably even have a little play on the, the money line. But I also think mentioning the, the, Jets soft pass defense. Fitzmagic, can he back it up? Two hundred ninety-five plus passing yards at two dollars forty might be worth a nibble. And if you're playing DFS, might be a, a worthy pay down at quarterback. Um, you know, if, if Lamar and Deshaun scare you against the, the Buffalo and, and Denver defenses, yeah, pair him with Devontae Parker, who suddenly yeah, has absolutely. earned himself a lot of money over the last couple of weeks. Um, well, I've got him in. I've got him, got him in two out of my three uh, fantasy leagues. Picked him up off the waiver wire about. Five weeks ago, yeah, amazing. Um, and, and he has just been lights out, and he he might win me 
those two leagues. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel, and this is a revenge spot for Ryan. I feel like every week is a revenge game for Ryan Fitzpatrick. We <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's played for about forty-seven franchises. Man, he's he like I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer or whatever, but he's just had one of the greatest careers of all time. I just feel I like he's like his career is just so memorable. He's just played for like. 25 different teams and he has these such these such memorable moments like he you can't really yeah, tell the story of the NFL without mentioning Ryan Fitzpatrick I just like we'll forget a lot <laughs> of other quarterbacks but Ryan Fitzpatrick is just he's he's hung around for like near 20 years now it's ridiculous <laughs> well now that you mention it I mean after about what was a week eight or so I think think you said that Gardner Minshew was was probably this podcast spirit animal. Yeah. I reckon Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic is is the spirit animal. Yeah, of this podcast. but I'm, I'm picking have a go this week. Have a play. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm well, Minshew's back, so I'm shelving Fitzpatrick this week. Back. But yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Um, but I just feel like the Jets will turn it around. That was such a that was such a Jets game last week. Everyone was excited about them. They scored 34 three weeks in a row, and everyone was excited about them. And they they tear you apart. And now everyone's down on them again, and they probably come out and win. Um, just feels like the Jets just do that all the time. Big shout out to Miami though. They're well ahead of the pack. They've got their whole sort of franchise set up. They've had great coaching this year and a ton of draft picks coming through. This is what a lot of these failing teams should have been doing six or eight weeks you, ago. You've got to hit on those picks though. That's what you got to do. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you do. And, but they've also been sort of aided by, yeah, they've won and sort of got some confidence yeah. out of that with that draft yeah. order. Now it's in chaos. I mean, with the, the, all the, all the tour stuff, they have Chase yeah. Young's come right in, yeah. Burrow if you want him, but he's yeah. about 33 years old. Yeah. So it's kind of like, which way do you want yeah, to go? I think so, Lamar Jackson's younger than Joe Burrow uh, or something. Did, I can't yeah. even remember the stat. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, it, that's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, the fact that Miami, apparently uh, apparently their their roster against uh, the Eagles last week, 42% of their roster was, went undrafted and they beat the Eagles, who on paper yeah, have that is amazing. Like yeah. five all-pro players, pro bowlers across the board. The fact they won a game, the NFL is just amazing. Yeah, um, by the way, the, the, <laughs> the conversation for number one draft pick is over. Dane Roy, everybody. Uh, it is Dane Roy. Dane Roy. You can get some close to $2 on Joe Burrow out there, just quietly shop around. Um, just... and, and remember as well, we've seen like everybody gets really crazy about quarterbacks late in the process yeah. and guys go up about 15 spots yeah. than mm-hmm. what they're supposed to. If you're picking the best player in college football, you pick Chase Young. But that's you, what everybody says, isn't it? Yeah, that's what, um, that's, what they say. that's what they do. You don't tank for a defensive lineman. That's all I'll say. Mm. Uh, San Fran, here we go, from one blockbuster to another. San Fran at New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans at home, minus two and a half. The total is 44 and a half. Initially had San Fran plus three as a play. It's moved to two and a half, so I'm out. I'm out on this. Um, but I think the 49ers are the better team. I have them rated higher. I think they're a better team. Um, but at home here, um, New Orleans, great home field advantage. San Fran coming out, traveling um, down after that rainy windy affair i just don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna bow out and just enjoy watching it but as we saw though defense travels and the 49ers have one of the best ones in the nfl i think i think they can cover the plus three um in that tough environment but the two and a half as i said i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna bow out but uh look the saints i don't know where i am about them The, the, the breeze isn't the same breeze i feel like he's throwing a lot shorter passes he's barely taking shots down the field um i want to see a little bit more arm strength for him and as we saw against the Falcons a couple of weeks ago, the pass rush really stifled the Saints, and that's what the 49ers do really, really well. So um, I think the 49ers pass rush and the 49ers uh, secondary should have should have match up pretty well here. Um, so I kind of kind of like San Fran at the two and a half. I'd rather just probably just take a dabble on the on the money line instead um, and 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 roll the dice that way. But I I need to wait and see the ins and outs. I need to see if Marshawn Lattimore 
um, plays because I think he's a big, big in for, for the Saints. I think you can still get three. If you shop around, you can still get three in a okay. couple of places. So just yeah. keep an eye out. And that, that yep. might fluctuate a little bit over the next couple of days as well. Yep. Might go, might, you know, be at two and a half and it'll come back to three and come back. It just I think depends where the shops go, really. Yeah. I think it's just one of those lines that's going to be up and down, um, pretty much until, until kickoff. Um, and look, I know they lost last week, but this is how good the, the San Francisco defense is. The Niners kept the Ravens. The NFL's number one ranked offense to so their lowest score of the season last week of 20 points. Um, they're a really good, a really, really good defense. Um, and quietly, the Saints have a really good defense too. I think they're fifth, ranked fifth or something for weighted DVOA. The, for, for new listeners, that's for uh, defensive DVOA, kind of weighted to the more recent performances, so games earlier in the season, uh, and not, uh, not counted as, as heavily as the more recent performances. Um, and, and they're top 10 against both pass rush and, and blocking the run. Um, I, I like the Niners to cover, like you said, at, at the three. Probably still play around with that two and a half, but if you can get three, take it. Yep. Um, and, and I really like the unders play here as well. Both really good defenses. Um, and I think it might even have a double at the double, which I haven't done for a couple of weeks. Ooh, love it. Mm. I really like this game, to be honest. Like This is just about my game of the week because... Whichever way it's going to happen, we're going to get heaps revealed about two major contenders, and it might even have a massive say on the number one seed in the NFC come the end of the season. Big thing for me is going to come down to the offensive line with New Orleans. They're starting a rookie center, as we know. Two of their best linemen, Armstead and Peter, both out, and they're up against the best defensive line in the NFL, like a menacing defensive line. Um, Saints are 10-2 and two on the season which is great, fantastic. It's an equal best record in the NFL, but they've only come up against one top 10 defense so far, and that was Tampa, who were barely in the top 10, and they only just got home by seven points in that game. So my, my lean for here is, is is San Francisco. I think they, they can get the cover, um, but a huge opportunity for the Saints because I agree with Josh as well with, with Breeze. They don't have that same sort of unstoppable feel about how they kind of emerged last year, just narrowly missing out on a Super Bowl appearance. Don't seem as good. Kamara certainly doesn't seem as good. The only person on offense who seems better is Michael Thomas, who's Very emerged good. as the best receiver in the NFL. Very good in the bedroom, allegedly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we learned that last week, didn't we? Yeah, so 49ers for me. Um, and they are, they are losers of two of their last four games. So also, I, w- I want to do pump the breaks on this 49ers team as they, well. So they they don't deserve to miss out on a buy. Like I feel, like if if the Seahawks end up sniping them for the buy, I feel like San Fran have played a much tougher schedule from mine. Yeah, but if, and if just, Seattle just beat a, them twice though yeah, and exactly. gave them a start as we know, I mean, so Seattle, Seattle yeah, would if, deserve it. Yeah, if Seattle do beat them coming up then that's fair, but if they you know have to play the Ravens and then the Saints in back-to-back weeks, it's just uh Seems just unfair, really, but uh, that's the way this, the cookie crumbles. Um, and that, that yeah. makes for that week seventeen match, yeah. um, I mean, just enormous. Yeah. Oh, mate, imagine we, imagine yeah. being like a wild card team and having to play the the forty ers like at eleven and four forty ers or eleven five, whatever it is. It's yeah. It's well, that would be, be Dallas potentially. Yeah, it would be so. Dallas San Fran at home, in Dallas. So. Yeah. Or, or Washington, maybe. Or Washington. Yeah, oh imagine having a twenty what point would... line in a oh, playoff game. God, yes. That'd be insane. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, speaking of Washington, Washington at Green Bay. Green Bay minus 13. I'll just double-check that that hasn't moved anywhere. But, yeah, minus 13. The total is 41.5 to pass from me. Look, the Packers beat up on bad teams. We saw it last week in Mm. the snow against the Giants. We'll probably see it again this week. 
I'm not taking the 13 here, though, however, because the Packers' biggest weakness matches up to what Bill Callahan and the Redskins love to do the most. That's run the football and, yeah. more importantly, run the clock. Um, and so 13 is is a big big line when the, the Redskins are going to be running the ball, playing possession football. Um, I think the Packers win, but Packers are 28th in run DVOA defense. I think we could see another 200-plus performance from Geis and, and Adrian Peterson. I'm really happy for Darius Geis. Um Having that breakout game last week um, seems like a great guy, given all the kind of false rumors that surrounded him heading into the draft that saw his stock fall a little bit. So, and the injuries he's been through. So, uh, yeah, good guy, guys. Um, see, see how he plays this week. But I'm past for me. What are your thoughts, Nick? That's some some nice alliteration there from you. Good guy, yeah. guys. Yeah, I don't not? mind it. So uh, that should probably there. be yeah. yeah, it should probably be a Twitter handle for someone. Someone. Um, yeah. yeah. The. I think the Packers will win, and, and I think they're going to win this easily. Like you said, they do beat up on bad teams. They're at home. Packers are top 10 in both pass and run offense. The Skins are pretty much the opposite in, in both on, on defense. I think they're 20th in uh, 20th against the run and 19th against the pass. At, at Lambeau, I think this 13-point line is justified. They're, they're, again, it's such a different team at home, and, and they know their home field. They're comfortable. I feel like the, the Redskins had their kind of like you said, for guys, the kind of breakout performance last week or unexpected performance last week in Charlotte. Uh, but I think the, the nine and three Packers will be too much for them at Lambeau. Um, I'm going to have a, a little play on the, the Packers line minus 13. This game really reminds me of last week's KC Oakland game, which we all correctly forecast would be an utter demolition. And unfortunately, we didn't have that as our lock of the week. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of a, a clearly competent Packers team coming up against the Washington offense, which is the definitive worst in the league. It's going to be cold. It's going to be awful in, in, in Lambeau. I can't, I can hardly see Washington scoring and we know. Rogers and Co can get some points up on the board. So, and, and Packers have got much bigger fish to fry. They've still got a division title to be, to be winning with Minnesota uh, breathing down their neck. So Packers pl- uh, to cover that 13 point line for me. Okay. Interesting. Um, if, if Washington, uh, win this game, I'm going to go back and clip the soundbite that you just said. Utter demolition. Um, <laughs> just for a bit of fun. Although if we did that for everything I said, then we'd be here all day. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I bet I was referring to the Chiefs. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. do you foresee utter demolition in this one? Absolutely. Yeah. There we go. Gotcha. <laughs> Got him. Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> no, uh, the Chargers minus three at Jacksonville. The total is 43. Um, I lean over 43. I kind of lean Jags plus three, but I'm going to probably avoid. I'm just stick to total. Um, Minshew mania, baby. He's back. The Jaguars seem to play more inspired football when Minshew's at the helm. He just so much more creative, keeps players alive, keeps things going, keeps the chains moving. Um, I like the charges with Foles, but with Minshew, it's probably a pass. Um, and yeah, I'm expecting points. Both teams are 23 and 24th on DVOA defense. Both teams rank better offens- offensively. Um, the dra- Jags rating is probably dragged down a lot by the Foles games in terms of their offensive DVOA. I think they were, they were sitting pretty well, um, kind of like league average when, um, when Minshew was at the helm. So I think, um, their rating on offense is a little bit improved here with Minshew. So I like the over 43 here. Um, any thoughts on this, guys? I hate this game completely. Yeah. Um, and I hate the fact that they've benched the greatest quarterback of all time, BDN. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I, I really like Nick Foles. I just think he's, he, I don't know why they paid him this money because he's the wrong quarterback for this team. Um, but no, nah, complete pass for me. Yeah, worst game of the week, pass for me. Okay. 
Foles should return to fill in and replace the oh, overrated QB at the helm of the, the Eagles. Um, I can't, <laughs> I'm kidding. Foles should, Foles should go to Dallas and be the head coach. Foles that's... should go to Indy and reunite with Frank well, Reich, maybe. Yeah, potentially. Uh, that's Foles weird. should be paid what he's worth. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah, not, 25, exactly. not 25, whatever they're paid. 25 yeah. million, I think the cap hit for next season it's, is. It's, it's the cheap one this season. He's paid per one inch, so it seems fine. One dollars. He's paid per inch, so it makes sense. <laughs> BDN, Uh, KC at New England. New England minus three. The total is forty-eight and a half. This is a pass for me. Um, I'm finding it really difficult to rate the Patriots' offense in my ratings. So, since week four, Tom Brady's completion percentage, touchdown to interception ratio, QBR, and yards per attempt are worse than Trubisky. But when you look at that name, and I do my rating, the name there is Tom Brady, and he's you know. He's Tom Brady. So if I rated Tom Brady the same as I did Trubisky in my ratings, then both these teams would be almost identical. And then you obviously give the small nod to New England for home field advantage here. Um, but because I haven't rated him that way, my numbers love New England, but I just can't trust myself to do it because I don't know whether that inherent name bias is affecting my ratings there. So it's really hard to to do things. They should turn things around on offense. They're too good of a team in an organization not to to turn things around. They're just too good. And this is historically a spot where chips against the wall. Everyone's down on New England that they come out and just beat a, a contender and, and cover a small line where they probably should have, should be a lot higher than they are, but because of the last week and the recency bias, they're not. And, and Casey's win last week was really weird. I don't know. It's weird. It's like they never ever looked like losing, never ever looked in danger. But if you look at the box score, they're outgained. It was hardly impressive. There was no like amazing stats. They just destroyed Oakland, really. Like, like if they were a plane, they kind of never left the tarmac, but still got to their destination, but still won by like thirty something points. So, if they actually take flight and and reach their potential, then they probably could hammer the Pats. But I, I don't know. Uh, I'll say this: at least D Ford isn't here to ruin this one and gift Brady another Super Bowl. Um, so that's a positive. Uh, James, thoughts? Yeah, Chiefs are obviously well have a significantly better offense than the Pats, which you touched upon, Josh. Um, they, you know, the, the lack of skill players throughout this Patriots team, the lack of dynamic plays full stop, either from Sonia Michelle either is really sort of hamstringing them, making me really worry about them as a long-term proposition. Chiefs, they're in form and they're rounding into something like we saw from them last season, which nearly knocked the Patriots out of the AFC conference championship. We shouldn't forget how close that game was. All the historical trends point to the Patriots, be it Belichick versus Reed, Pat's post loss or Pat's as home favorites. They're all, all, all points in New England, but the form is so much on the chiefs at the moment. So for me, it's a lean and I get the points as well at plus three. So chiefs, chiefs for me. Yeah. Like, like you said, James, all those trends and, and the numbers kind of favor the Pat's whichever way you look at it because, you know, they're the Pats and they've got this history and it's mm. Belichick and it's Brady and, you know, there, there's some of that, that name recognition, like you said, Josh. But you try and look at it logically in the form and, and use some reason, then yeah. the, the head says the head says Chiefs. Mm. So I, I can't I can't work out no. But it's yeah, Belichick. Play this game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, he, and he lives in our heads. The, he's the biggest, <laughs> he lives in coaches' head. This is why they make yeah. foolish decisions yeah. in Super Bowls and things and, and games, and, and they and blow and games because he gets inside people's heads. And, 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 guys, we see this. Sorry to jump over you, Nick, but we see this every year with the Patriots, don't we? We we have these December losses or October loss or wherever it is, where it was yeah. Detroit destroying them last year. Miami often beat them in December every yeah. year, it seems. Yep. So this is Belichick messing with us as well, but there, there are massive 
massive concerns. Sorry, Nick. No, no, you're right. It's, like I said, I just, I just don't know how to play this game. It's a yeah. pass for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the Pats love doing this and turning the narrative around, and then they, they make do. it like they're the underdogs and everyone doubted them, and it's like, yeah. Jesus. And, no. and let's not forget how amazing that defense is as well. You know, yeah. that that's the kind of defense that yeah. can just quickly yeah. turn you over and put seven points on the board and keep yeah. you under all that pressure. So I'm not going to write them off, but at the yeah. same time, I'm the same as you guys. My yeah. head is saying, what well, they're 250 or 270 to win the AFC, which seems the biggest under in pro gambling, in gambling at the moment. You know what I mean? Like, you'd lay that all day, but... Um, mm. It's Belichick, so I don't know. That's right, I know. That's, you, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, can we also stop making excuses for Brady? Everyone's blaming everyone but him. Like, But he's just not throwing the ball. No, he's well. not Tom Brady. He's, 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 he's Tom Brady, but he's not Tom he's, Brady. He's slightly declining. That's not to say he won't be good in January again, but like he's whiffed on throws and missed wide open play. A lot of if you watch their oh, games, yeah. a lot of their big plays are when Edelman's wide open. The minute he has to thread a needle pass, it's the receiver's fault or it's the offensive line's fault. Like that, every quarterback goes through that. But we seem to make a lot of excuses for the guy. It just seems yeah, crazy to me. it's kind of sacrilegious, but let's say it like. He looks terrible. Yeah. Like he really he, looks he's terrible. He's been below average this year, pretty much. Yeah. But they've been because they've been winning. No one's talking about it now that they've losing games. And, everyone's blaming all the like they drafted Nikhil Harry. They've got Philip Dorsett, a first round pick. They've got they've traded for Mohamed Sanu. They've got Edelman there that everyone was pushing to be a Hall of Famer this time last year. Like they have mm. players. I. It's not like yes, they're missing Gronk. Clearly, Gronk's that's, the greatest yeah. tight end of all time. Yeah. That's that's massive, but. They still have players. It's not like they're not don't have players. It's it's a great system. That's a it's a like they had the same offense for ten years. Things should be working, and they'll click into gear. You just know they will. Yeah, but uh, coming up against the Chiefs, though, at the same time, yeah, probably exactly. the last last Mahomes is probably the last and Reed for that matter, yeah. but more so Mahomes. It's the last person you want to be facing. I kind of as as I've touched upon as well. I do like the way the Chiefs are going under the radar. I know even you yeah. referenced that before with the yardage and stuff like that, but I'd prefer that kind of win by the Chiefs yeah. than us it, all going crazy. Oh my God, they went for six hundred yards. Oh my yeah. God, Patrick no, Mahomes exactly. threw seven It's good for them to win and not yeah. rely on Mahomes for a change. Absolutely, yeah. yeah getting those it, big defensive plays and getting that defense off the field. No, I liked it. Yeah. And their pass and defense the is playing really yeah, their pass defense is playing really well at the moment. Um they're playing really well. they Juan Thornhill, their draft pick, had a pick six last week. Um mm. yeah, it's coming into gear. It's it's good for them to actually have a secondary for the first time in Mahomes' career. And that's and, and this is where seeding's gonna come into it. You know, are they gonna get a three? Could they snatch a yeah. two? This is massive. Uh, I mean if New England lose this and, and Baltimore win, there's a there's a definitive gap between there's a one and a oh, half yeah, game gap yeah. between that the Ravens be and New England. Exactly, it would be so over. It's, it's yeah. huge. And can and K C have have a chance to potentially get a Well, they'd be within a game, wouldn't yeah, they? Exactly. So yeah, who knows? With the tiebreaker, obviously. Yeah. Um all right, Pittsburgh minus two and a half, travel to Arizona. The total is forty three there's a lot of forty three totals this week, so very straight. Um forty three and a half. Um, I lean Arizona plus three. I'm just going to throw last week, speed down by the Rams, kind of out the window, chalk it up to it's the NFL and that stuff happens. Um, you know, off a bye, sometimes teams really take off. Some teams are really lethargic. The bye came at the wrong time. Um, but before last week, Arizona in their three prior games put up 25, 26, and 27 points. Um, and they played San Fran in, in, in that stretch and, and played, played well against San Fran twice. Um, Pittsburgh's been hanging tough in games, but they're still 28th in the league in total offense. They scored just 60 total points in their last four games. So I actually think Arizona will be able to put some points up here and maybe get enough to cover here. Um, I think you score 17 points. You're probably going to cover a, a plus three. Um, if, if you can get the plus three, I think it's still hovering around two and a half, but 
Arizona three and one against the spread after against the spread loss. I think they can potentially steal this game. I might even dabble the money line, but I like them at the plus three if it gets back out to that. Yeah, I was I was pretty bullish on the cars last week, and and they got absolutely smacked. Yeah, uh, by the Rams. It was uh, yeah, I, I was excited to watch that game, and it was wasn't much to watch in the end. But um, disappointing. It, it was disappointing. Obviously, Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh offense is is not the same. You know that that we've come to to uh, to know and, and love in, in some cases. You know, some people hate the Steelers, but I used to love used to love watching the Steelers offense just because they were so good. Oh uh, yeah, man, Big Ben and, and Brown and Bell and all that in, in uh, incredible to watch. Yeah. But they're you know, this is this is not them, right? So yeah. on the other hand, the Pittsburgh defense is really good, and I just yeah, I can't I can't go back to the cards, so it's a pass for me. Yeah, I, I don't think there's been a. Sort of analysis or estimation the Steelers has ever matched up. One, so this is not going to be the week for me, but a little shout out to Mike Tomlin for a potential coach of the year. He's got to be in that top three at the moment for sure. Oh. Amazing job. He really has an amazing job. He was in the hot seat this time last year. So still can't stand it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He talks in so much cliche. It just drives me mental. Um, but yeah, John Harbour is yeah. actually for me. I'm just, but. I get it. I get, yeah, I get, yeah. I get, I get That's the top, top, yeah, top three. Yeah, yeah. I get it. He's get done the an amazing one. job. Yep. Definitely. I couldn't agree there. I couldn't agree more there. Um, he has done a hell of a job considering what's, considering what they lost before the season and during the season. It's crazy. And the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't know who led that. Mm. Um, but that was one of the, one Stro- of the great Stro- ones. genius. Yeah, it was. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> minus three and a half, uh, minus three, sorry, at Oakland. Total is 47 here. Uh, I'm going to pass. Um, these two teams are going in opposite directions at the moment. It's a trap game of the week. This is definitely a trap game of the week. Titans are five and one straight up since Ryan Tannehill replaced Mariota at, at quarterback, nearly averaging twice as many points per game across that span. Twenty nine point seven with Tannehill, sixteen point three under Mariota. Over the last couple of weeks, Oakland have been outscored seventy four to twelve over the last yeah two weeks to the Jets and Chiefs, and uh, they've been their own worst enemy during that stretch. They've lost a turnover battle five to one, and they've given up more touchdowns on offense. Two to the actual offensive touchdowns that they've scored. One, every man and his dog is going to be on Tennessee minus three this week on the road at Oakland. This is a trap game of the week. Um, and Oakland have been, yes, as I said, outscored 74 to 12 since, uh, Nick and James apologized to, J- to John Gruden. <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs> I do like Derek Henry to have a big game. Um, maybe that could be a, a lock of the week avenue if, uh, if you guys agree. I, I know Nick's uh, bullish mm. on him this week, Nick. Yeah, yeah, I love Derek Henry. We we spoke a little while ago about uh, Devontae Parker being one of the hottest wide receivers in in the league. Derek Henry is the hottest running back in the league at the moment. The last three weeks, he's got 496 rushing yards and five touchdowns, an average of 165 yards and 1.7 touchdowns a game. I don't see. Uh, obviously, you've done it, but I I can't see how you bet against Tennessee here. And um, well, Oakland Oakland are ranked 26 against the run, so I, like. They've got the best running back in the league at the moment. Well, maybe not the best, but the hottest. He's in form. He's sexy. Um, he, well, I'm not sure about the hair. You keep pulling him hot. Uh, I'm just, just. Well, look, that's where your mind goes. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. You not, say not hot, there's anything I wrong go with hot. That. You know? George Costanza, not that there's anything wrong with that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I agree. I think Derrick Henry have a big game. Uh, I've got him at 250 for 119 or more rushing yards, which I think is very juicy. Love the Titans here. This Raiders D is a unit which is which only Miami is faring worse on. So we're talking about the 31st ranked DVOA defense in the competition right here. 
this this Titans team has quietly emerged and been a real force and a, a sort of you know about to bust into the playoffs and break that kind of nine seven um, chain that that has, has sort of carried around their necks. Now, interestingly though, the thought did just jump into me. And as Josh alluded to as well, like I know everybody, the consensus is Tennessee, yeah, jump on board. This isn't a nuanced offense, okay? And we've spoken before again on this podcast. That's what Gruden has thrived against. He, he, he doesn't like anything different. Where if it's a meat and potatoes offense, maybe Gruden can handle that. Still, for me, I, I, I think this formula is working for Tennessee. It kind of goes against all analytics. It goes against a, a lot of conventional thinking, this entire team. Just on Derrick Henry as well, I think I saw a stat that he's had 1,800 yards over his last 16 games, Mm -hmm. including 18 touchdowns, which absolutely qualifies you as the best running back in the competition. And you touched on that last week, Nick, as well. You were Mm. suggesting that Henry goes crazy in these last bits of the year. He takes off. He did it in a playoff game as well. It's funny. Um, All of his splits are like the last half of the season, and a lot of his like splits this season are the last half of games. He's just like Mm. a... He's like a world. He's like a finisher, a closer in baseball. Really, yeah. I think that's when he thrives in those in those scenarios. Well, he's he's a bull. He's a bull, and he just he like you see he punishes you know tired defenses because they they just can't handle his power. Yeah, um, and guys, might as well bring it up now as well. Forty one dollars to win the ASC. I know you need to react. Come on, Tennessee. Forty one. You could put it into a book if you've got the Raiders in there at the moment as a nice little hedge. They could uh, the Raven, Ravens rather, not the Raiders. <laughs> um, you could find yeah a little avenue there because I think they're going to get in. They've still got a couple of games against Houston as well. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, James. I can <laughs> James forty one. Stop. Just stop. Yeah, look, Tennessee. Hey, look, no, I, 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 but we're seeing. Uh, you know, I, I know it's a little bit different in the NFL, but we are seeing trends across a, a multiple sports about just get in, baby. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Washington Nationals just won the World Series. They were twenty games below five hundred at the halfway mark of the year. You know, forty-one might be worth your while. Might be worth a little bit there. Okay. Just, just got to well, get in. And if the, stranger thing, and if the matchups, you know, like you spoke about before, if they were to say, you know, play the Ravens in a divisional playoff game in that second week and exploit that run defense, yes, they probably then have a matchup against Chiefs or Patriots the week after. But hey, then your forty-one ticket could look pretty good. Yeah, and you okay. can do something with it. Yeah. Yep. All right. And will you guys finally allow me to use that T word for the the Raiders? Because they are trash. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's trash. fine. That's fine. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But they're covering this week, so. Because uh, <laughs> I, I copped a lot that, of flack. And that forty-one dollars is going to go out to fifty-one dollars. So get on Tennessee <laughs> next week after the trap game of the week. Um, that's my advice. Oh, I, I yeah. think it'll be gone. I, that would be out. Okay. They, right. they, they we'll, won't be making we'll, it if they don't uh, win this game. We'll check back next week what Tennessee's AFC prices uh, just for fun, just for fun. Um, San Fran Sunday night football Seattle. Minus one at LA. The total is 48 and a half. I initially had this as a pass, but then I answered my own question that I'm going to pose to the audience. And you can tweet us at Wootenwire at Stats Insider. Um, I think Seattle, uh, sorry, I'll talk to Seattle about Seattle in a little bit, but that was vintage Rams last week. The big question is, can they do it again? If you think that answer is yes, you back the Rams. If you think the answer is no, you back the Seahawks. I think they can do it again. I'm taking LA plus one to win at home and the money line. Um, I think they win outright. I think they win this game. I still think Seattle are closer to a 500 team than their current record. They've been a little bit lucky at times. That's the nature of the NFL. 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like they're still a, still a bit overrated. They're they're a lot. They're not as good as their record suggests. Um, uh, do you agree, Jane? My love for Seattle is very pronounced on this podcast, and yeah. I have You've been, been spruiking... listening to grunge music lately. Yeah, of, yeah. of course. Yeah. It's one of my favorite genres. Yeah. It genuinely is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in terms of in in terms of the Seahawks, also from a futures perspective, hopefully we did snap up that three twenty five divisional price because it's flip of the coin now, yep. and the nine is off the board as well for winning the NFC championship that's into like four and five at places as well they're a good team I, I disagree with you josh in terms of luck i think they're amazingly opportunistic this is the way that that defense is set as well they get those big timely turnovers that's not flukish that's that's just really good sort of again, turnovers like are fluky though Turn, interceptions yeah, yeah. are fluky but seahawks have been doing that for a decade like that's a decade worth of work with pete carroll mm. with coming up with massive plays at massive times. And then they hand it over to, to, to Wilson, who we'd all agree is top top two, top three at very worst regarding, you know, from a from a from a uh, quarterback perspective. And plus you guys have noticed as well, it's not just Carson now. Penny's running the ball really hard and I know they run it like crazy. They run all day against everybody's better judgment. I, look, I love the Seahawks. I I, I really do. Backing up once again in a big spot against the Rams going to be tough, but look, they've got a way of doing it. And again, if we're talking about Rams doing that again, it was against Arizona. Come on, this mm. is a terrible defense that Goff had to had bring out one good game against. So Seahawks should should win it and and should continue their march towards a potential number one seed. Yeah, I, I agree with with James. I, like you said. Josh, last week was vintage Rams, but who was it against? It was it was the Cardinals. Yeah, but the Cardinals have just no, pushed 49ers no, twice over the last month. They have no defense. They have no yeah. defense. The Cards. They're, yeah, they're not they're not good when they don't have the ball. And even when they did have the ball, they couldn't do anything with it. Um, it is, the Seahawks have won five straight since they lost to the Ravens, and they've had some big wins against the Niners and the Vikings. And if they're legit, then they win and they cover easily. Yeah, well, that win against game. the 49ers. I mean, they threw an uh, interception. A red zone interception in overtime and yep. still won. Like that was, that's a lucky yeah, it's a win. Bit of luck there. It's a bit of luck there, but but they did beat the Vikings. Yep. And, and Tampa, that that win, that narrow overtime win against Tampa, got garbage at the time. Tampa were in, you know, they're in decent form. We, we sort of touched on that before. Yep. And they and they can put points up as they, well. They so, have yeah. four. They have four wins by eight points against the Bengals, Steelers, Browns, and Rams. That's that's four wins by eight points. Combine eight points. I don't know. I just feel like yeah. you could easily count them as losses. I'm just yeah, but at this, at I know the, you can at, do that at, with every team, but I'm just oh, we can do that, and and let's yeah. also you know judge them equally on those massive wins. Like that was a huge win. Like their two biggest wins this season, they've looked in a lot of trouble in that first quarter. You know, San Francisco jumped out ten zip, and Seattle reeled them in and got big plays at big times. Same as Minnesota, seven zip up, yeah. looking like everything was going right again. Seattle ended up putting thirty four points on the board. I, I, I really like the way the team is constructed. I think they're they're really well drilled. I I, I just love them. I, I can't I wait really to do. bet against them in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, We're gonna have fun. We're gonna. This is this is a great set. But, the NFC the is gonna time, be so much fun. Hopefully, that's the thing with trading futures as well. Yeah, exactly. You could have made your prof, profit by now. It, look, yeah, we true. threw that. Well, I had yeah. them as an over win total at the start of the year, which was eight and a half wins at the yeah, start of the year. Seattle. So you've already got that as well. Like, yep. that's that's the thing with with Seattle. Yep. No, I, I like it. I, I like it. I like the chat. It's good. 
Um, I, I, and it's, I not, think... it's not just on this podcast either that, that James is, is bullish about the, the Seahawks. Yeah, He's been no, sending it's... me messages every week throughout the week. Every time she had a win. Mixed in with wipers and Nirvana lyrics yeah, yeah, as yes, well. Yeah. So. <laughs> done well. Um, yeah, I mean, in, on Betfair, they're into like three bucks to win the NFC, which I just think is too short now. But you're right, that division price a few weeks ago. Um, was very good price taking there. Um, it just made sense given the nature of the division. Um, obviously that game, when they play each other again, you can just then kind of take whatever side you want and hedge with that game and, and the result, mm. um, there for you. And it so. might not even come down to that, by the exactly, way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Last, at worst. Yep. At the worst. last game of the week, Monday night football, New York Giants at Philly. Philly minus nine and a half now. Uh, the total is 45 and a half. Uh, I know Philly shouldn't be giving this much points to anyone, but the Giants are running into a buzzsaw here, I think. Um, Giants have now lost eight straight by an average of 12.3 points per defeat. Daniel Jones has completed just 56% of his passes and averaged 195 pass yards. Oh, the past two games, but he is out. So I really, really love this at the eight and a half. Like I was just all over the minus eight and a half. Now I have this weird feeling about the Eli Manning coming back and, and vintage Manning like... I don't know. I feel like this. We've seen Eli Manning pull off some of the most stunning uh, upset wins of all time. So you kind of just like, yeah, it's crazy. But I still like Philly by the start at half under the ten here. But I, I took it eight and a half yesterday. Um, my numbers really like this. I think my numbers have this close. I, I think my numbers have the Giants as the third worst team in the NFL. The, the Bengals have leapfrogged them now. Um, and the Jets have leapfrogged them as well. So the Giants are tumbling and tumbling and tumbling down in my ratings. Um, if the, if the Redskins somehow beat the Packers, um, and Giants get blown out, I think the Giants could end up being, uh, close to, closer to Miami than anyone else above them at this point. So I really like the, it's not even that I like Philly that much. I just don't rate the Giants at all. <laughs> Is a blockbuster Monday night football. Yeah. Time. These games are always, ter- they've been terrible the last few years, the Giants, Philly games. I'm sorry. There, there have been some great ones though. Yeah, the they last, have been. You know, they have been. The last, last two years. Yeah, last two years have been awful. Very awful. Yeah. 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 Terrible. Uh, look, I, I woke up this morning and saw the, uh, the Daniel Jones news and the Eli Manning news. And immediately I had this kind of just surreal weirdness. I, I don't know if it's good news or bad news. Like, Yes, Daniel Jones is out of the game. That's probably good news. And you've got Eli Manning. It's that's also probably good news. Well, but is it? I, I, I don't know. Um, look, the, the Eagles that they, they have to be rattled by the press that they're getting uh, in Philadelphia, and, and they just have to turn up at some point. They're too talented to not play the best football at some point, and especially with the Cowboys leaving that door ajar for to kind of walk in and steal that division lead. Eagles run home, the Giants obviously, Washington Redskins, the Cowboys in Philly, and then the Giants again. If they if they win out, they make playoffs. If they don't, they go home, and this you know, season is a complete waste. So at some point, they've got to turn out, turn up, and, and play football. Hopefully, it's this week, but uh, not pass for me. We've we've been treated the last couple of weeks with a couple of really good Monday night games. This 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 ain't one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was an interesting insight into Nick's. Life Psyche. and news feed that he wakes up to the Eli Manning breaking news. Yeah. It sounded so dramatic when yeah. you said that. It was wonderful. I'm just imagining you waking up in sweats at like 2.30 and like sitting up upright like the Undertaker and just like, Eli, 
<laughs> or, 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 you know, a Sega White Side has been upgraded to probable. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Breaking news. You gotta say Artega. You gotta pronounce the Artega. That's it. That's it. Um, no play from me, um, at all on this game. Okay. Absolutely not. All right. So I'm the only one. Um, I'm the, ju- <laughs> I'm the junkie here. Betting on Philly, close to a 10-point. Um, We're still talking Pacific Northwest. <laughs> exactly. Uh, lock of the week, we we talked off-air before we started. We didn't have one, but I've made an executive decision to go with Derrick Henry, 100-plus rushing yards. Um, that, look, yep. the player props aren't out here yet, but looking at his projections and things across the board, I'd imagine he's going to be set at about 99.5 or 100. Yes. So I think 100-plus yes. at the dollar ninety. if it's any less than... Than that, or a dollar, any less than like a dollar eighty, I'd probably be passing on that. So close to as even money as you can get. Shop around. Um, I think that's probably a good bet um, for you there. Derek and you can probably have have a have a dabble at some of the the larger lines, ones, yeah. alternate lines. Yeah, exactly. Because um, we, like we we've both said, or all have said that that he should have a big game. Yep. So if you you look at some of those hundred and fifteen, hundred and twenty five yards. Yep. Exactly. Get some there too. I've been hitting just every last three weeks. I've just been hit, finding 150 pluses and 100 and just, or just hitting 10 yard increments and just go, and yeah. hoping for the best. And, and yeah, my exactly. Colts didn't let me down last week. So <laughs> <laughs> they did well. All right. Lock, locks of the week. Uh, James, why don't you, why don't you start us off? Really like Tennessee, KC plus three, um, and Tampa to cover their three point line as well. Okay. And you touched on Tennessee. At, $41 for your long shot uh, yeah. earlier. Yep. yep, yep, yep. All right, Nick, what have you got? Uh, going with the over 43 Baltimore-Buffalo uh, total. Uh, like I said before, Miami plus five. And, yeah, Derrick Henry, as I said, 100, 119 rushing yards, I think I found earlier for, for about $2.50. But, yeah, I'm keen to kind of see when those those uh, odds come out here, um, you know, what some of the 125, 135 lines might look like. And long shot, like I said, I'm, I might have a, a dabble on the double. The uh, San Francisco plus three, if you can find it, and under forty four and a half at three seventy five, four dollars at some books. So yeah, have a look. Okay, that's interesting. I like it. I like the double. Uh, my locks of the week this week after a disastrous week thirteen, we're going to bounce back. We, we're just going to do it. Cincy plus eight and a half against Cleveland. Philadelphia minus nine and a half. I can't believe I'm taking that as a as a best bet. Um, <laughs> Uh, against the Giants and New York Jets minus five against Miami going against the grain here against the public. I think everyone's all aboard Miami mm. and having fun with them, but uh, I think the Jets kind of kick back into gear offensively. They can't be that bad. And yes. And after last week's zero of nine, we now can't go nine of nine because we're on opposite sides. So. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> oh, there you go. So that helps the listeners. <laughs> so just cross those two off. Um, and go, <laughs> and go nuts there. Um, yeah. And, uh, my long shot, George Kittle, 100 plus receiving yards at 275 mm-hmm. against the Saints. Um, he's just finding, like it. he's finding form even with the broken bone in his ankle. He's just, a, he's just a baller. Um, and yeah, that's where we're going. Um, all right. No Daryl again this week. Um, the man of mystery re- remains more mysterious with his, uh, <laughs> absence. The, the more, the less we have him, the more intrigued I am by, by Daryl. Um, but how did the model do last week? The, the model actually won last week, which makes sense, um, given that we all went terrible. Um, so yeah, the model was the person to take last week. Sorry. We should have, yeah, we should have told when, you that before. We, yeah. <laughs> when, when the man normally fails, the machine picks yeah. up the slack. And yeah, that's, exactly. that's exactly what happened. I think on the pod it went two and two and one. Yep. Uh, Detroit covered and Tampa Bay money line. Yep. Um, Did well. the, also, D- Detroit had a, had a decent 
uh, lean on Detroit money line as well. Yeah. And that wasn't far off. You know, 17-20 or something with about two minutes to go. So Yeah, they kind of blew that a little bit, yeah. uh, unfortunately, mm. in, in perfect yeah, Patricia fashion. Yeah, and not not perfect Trubisky fashion. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. Anyway, I think for the rest of the the rest of the week, you'd end up going three and three on NFL lines, uh, one and one on the green plays, and one and two on totals, zero green plays. So it wasn't uh, wasn't too confident on a uh, on the totals last week, but uh, not not a horrible week, also not a great week. Yep. And what is uh, what is it like this week across the board? Uh, any any strong leans or anything? There's not a lot. There's there's only about four or five bets at the moment on site. Yep. Remembering, if, if you're listening to this over the weekend, that that we record this podcast on a Thursday afternoon, uh, Australian Eastern Time. So, uh, as of kind of today's midday, twelve o'clock Thursday, there wasn't a lot on site. Um, but does like Detroit again at the line, uh, the plus thirteen. That's a five percent orange play, uh, and then there are a couple of. Um, 3% orange unders bets in, in totals, like Minnesota, Detroit under, uh, Rams, Seahawks under, and Eagles, Giants under. And there's a couple of different, there's nothing really official on site in terms of a long shot. But I was going through all the different, the, the different, uh, machinations on site earlier. And th- there's a couple of ones that kind of stand out. Detroit head to head, there's a 4% edge on, mm-hmm. which takes them to about a 21% probability as opposed to 16 or 17% as, as the bookies would have. Um, the other one is Miami. Got a, a 3% edge on Miami head-to-head, which takes them to about 36% instead of 33. Uh, and Arizona, also a 3% edge. There's no play, no official play on it, but that takes the uh, Arizona money line price or, or probability to about 45%. So okay. it's not it's not far off. I'm on the same page. I, I nearly made Arizona one of my locks, um, but I was just mm. like hesitant after last week because they're just and I should mention as well that the model actually has the Rams' favorite. Okay. Um, the uh, I know a few a few guys I know really like the Rams this week. Um, mm. So it's only by it's only by one percent. There's a there's a it's flips by two percent. Yeah, it's um, a, it it opened at three and it got hammered immediately. Um, mm. um, and actually, looking now, some books now flipped completely. Rams yeah. are favorite but juiced. Um, so. Right. Yeah, shop around. Um, so mm. yeah, it's been hit hard. Um, so who knows? Who knows whether that's sharps or public? It's hard to tell with the amount of, with the US, the, the, the US market's just so different now than it used to yeah. be. So with, the, with the legalization. Yeah. So, um, yeah, head to statsinsider.com.au. Keep checking out on the, on the model and, and articles that James is, is churning out content on a, on a weekly. Um, and, and big bash and things are starting up, um, very, very shortly. Yeah, and yeah, exactly right. And and come and tell us if there's something you want us to to chat about or uh, anything that you want to kind of contribute to. Jump on Twitter and and uh, come at us. Let's let's have a chat and and we'll see what we can we can do on next week's podcast. Yeah, definitely. So uh, at Stats Insider at Woot and Why, uh, and that's uh, that's our week fourteen. And until then, we'll be back as we get to the pointy end of the season and and well into Christmas season as well. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week.